Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. For anyone who wants to make money and make a difference, grow and leverage your enterprise better, get more done in less time, outsource everything and create your ideal lifestyle. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. This is Rob Moore here with a caffeine cast, a short, sharp shot in the arm of motivation and inspiration. And the title of this podcast is Living Your Legacy Legend. Now, it's really important that you listen to this podcast at normal speed. I don't know if you like me listening at 1.5 or 2 times speed. Can't imagine listening to me at 2 times speed. It's very easy. But you'll see why soon. It's just a short one, but it's, I think it's pretty important that you listen to this podcast at normal speed. So turn me down to normal speed. If you've normally got me sped up, here we go. So if you'd have been with me, let's say 20 odd years ago, you know, when I was a late teenager, I have three sisters, two much older sisters. And Elaine, one of my older sisters, her husband, so that makes him my brother-in-law, mad football fanatic. And just lived everything football. When he was in his late teens, he would have probably made it to play for Swindon. Now, I never held that against him, but if if you're a non-UK listener, that's quite a big team in the UK, probably in the second or third division. So a good professional level. Love football, lived for it, breathed it, was really passionate about it. Maybe you, like you are, about business and entrepreneurship. And I loved that about him. I loved that he had this passion, enthusiasm. It's like every time I saw him for those first few years while he was married to my sister, it was like it rubbed off on you. You know, when you just know someone who's really passionate, enthusiastic and positive, even if it's not something you're interested in, it just rubs off on you. Well, that Nigel was that man. Uh, and he got an injury uh, when it looked like he was probably going to make it into the first team, the main team. And one thing led to another and his career kind of well, it basically ended. He wasn't able to play, play at the level that he wanted to anymore. He played a little bit afterwards at kind of a lower level, but I guess he felt undervalued and then just kind of hung up his boots, really. And because I only saw him once a year or so, because he lives, what, five hours away from me. Every year I saw him, I was able to see the change. You know, when you haven't seen people for a while and you see they've got bigger, smaller, or they've really progressed in their business or not. And probably for about the next 10 years, roughly, Every year I saw him, it was like the soul had kind of, it was like a needle was sucking the soul out of him. He got a job on a factory line at Marshall Jaguar, just kind of, you know, same thing all day, every day, fairly low level industrial job. And it was like the man I really saw that my sister fell in love with every year, it was like a part of him was just going. And it was like he'd resigned and written off his life. Now, I don't know if you can relate to having any parts of your life like that, but stay with me because I'm, I'm going somewhere here. And out of the blue, I got a call from my sister. She never used to call me that much. And I got a call from my sister and she said, hey, Rob, guess what? I'm excited. I'm pregnant. And I was like, wow. And before uh, Elaine and I could carry on the conversation, Nigel had snatched the phone off her and he said, yeah, Rob, we're going to have a boy. He's going to be a boy. He's going to be a boy. We're going to call him Alex. And of course, Elaine took the phone back and said, well, look, we don't know that. All right. Anyway, uh, it was like he had prophesized it because nine months later, Alex was born. And all of a sudden, as soon as Alex was born, it was like 
football was back on again. So I, I guess a bit like me with my son who's qualified for world championships at the age of four. Now I just started to live football back again vicariously through Alex. So literally it'd be like baby boomer or whatever you call the baby thing would be Swindon town, probably shitting in Swindon nappies. And it was like everything was football. And almost by the time Alex could walk, he could play football. And he was a brilliant little footballer from such a young age. And it was like we had Nigel back. And then, what, I guess two years after that, something like that, I get a call from Elaine again. She's like, I'm pregnant again. Woo! Because she's really excited and I'm really excited. And then Nigel grabs the phone back and he says, it's going to be a boy. We know it's going to be a boy. He's going to be called Joe. And Elaine grabbed the phone back and she said, hey, look, we don't know that. And like he'd prophesied, because he wanted another boy, Joe was born. It's funny how they picked girl and boy names. I think he did that on purpose. But Alex and Joe, his second son was born. And just like Alex the first time round, you know, brought up football from the age of naught. Amazing little footballer from such a young age. You knew both Alex and Joe were going to be professionals from like the age of three or four. They were the best by miles. I don't know if you're a parent, you've ever been to see your children or other children play sports. And there's that one really annoying parent that's running on the pitch and trying to do the halftime team talk and all this kind of stuff. Well, that was Nigel, but you loved him for it. It was just, you, you, could, you just sensed his passion. Yeah, it was a bit too much sometimes, but you loved him for it. You let him off his kind of, his overzealousness. And then I get a third phone call from Elaine and she phones me up and she says, Rob, Nigel's got cancer. And it was like, whoa. And before we could get down to see him, he'd already died. And he had a, a cancer, like I think it was a lymph type cancer which just spread over his whole body and uh, killed him in like weeks 40 47 years old I think he was whoa and it hit my sister really hard really really hard like I can't even I don't even know how long we're on now we must be 12 years on and she's not been able to hold down a relationship and I love her very much and you know, it's, it's been hard for her. It's been hard for Alex and Joe. You know, it's not really for me to go into the deals, but it's been hard. And I really hope she pulls through and meets someone new. And when we were driving down to the funeral, I remember, remember it clearly because I, I put my old school blazer back on. It was like a Harris tweed because I didn't have a, a suit back then. And it was hot, it was really hot. And I remember it, I dressed almost like in my school uniform. And I remember thinking about the legacy, the eulogy, you know, the legend of Nigel and how his pretty short life was going to be remembered. And to me, it was like he'd lived two lives and I, and I didn't quite know which life was going to be remembered. You know, the, the passionate, enthusiastic, almost crazy, kind of excited, slightly failed, but still lovable footballer, parent, or the guy who for 10, 15 years of his life in the middle of it before he had Alex and Joe, just kind of, you know, I guess live life on idle and, and, you know, just clocked in, clocked out and kind of sold his dream, I guess. Anyway, we got there. It was a very small church, really tight wooden pews. And, you know, when you're stuffed in and it was really hot and there was loads of land out the front of this church and there was a all glass sort of frontage. And we were, we were crammed because you see, obviously you sit at the front when you're family and it was really lovely eulogy and, Elaine went up and she did her thing and I was so proud of her. She did so well. But about halfway through, she kind of broke down and 
hey, I guess that's normal. But weirdly, it wasn't because of of how upset she was. And she just stopped and she just kind of glazed into the background and everyone was kind of fidgeting, you know, when, when there's things just wait for so long that it's kind of weird. And you could hear loads of shuffling and noise. And, and I turned around as everybody did. And there must have been about, I don't even know, three, four, five hundred people all crammed and ramming in outside of the church, like going back as far as you could see. And kids from, I don't know how many football teams had all come. And many of them would put their like football kit on. And these were kids that played against Alex and Joe and against teams that, the junior teams that Nigel managed. And, you know, some of them had almost like, like it was like a team photo, it almost kind of got into their team. And it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. And it was in that moment, there and then, that I knew what the word legacy meant. Didn't know it before. And it was in that moment that it hit me. And Nigel ultimately was remembered for the life where he was inspired, where he was doing what he loved. You know, whether he was making a big living out of it or not, he was doing what he, he loved, he was inspired, he was passionate, and he was making a difference to people. Now, how many of those nearly 500, I don't know, people were from Marshall Jaguar, the factory line? Well, I don't know. But most of them were the parents and the kids of the teams that Alex and Joe played with and against in football. And I guess if I could bring Nigel back and go back, and I know what I know now, I'd sit him down, you know, when his career was kind of going to an end, and I'd say, don't give up. Don't give up on your dream. You know, you've got to find another way to live your dream because obviously you, playing isn't, hasn't made it for you, but you've got to go and find another way and live your passion and your dream. But this is your passion. Follow your dream. So what, what anyone else says, go do it, go live it. And I wanted to tell you that story, I guess, to say the same thing to you. Because yeah, on the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast, there's, you know, loads of different ways to make money and business out of social media or product launches or all the different ways to do marketing. But really above it all is what is your living legacy? What's the, what are you living today that writes the legacy of your life? You know, the eulogy of your life, the legend of you, because you're not going to be remembered for how many watches or cars you had. I wish, I wish we were, but we're not going to be remembered for that. And we're not going to be remembered for the things we collected. We're going to be remembered for the person that we became. You're going to be remembered for who you become and how you contributed on this planet and the difference you made to people. And that is not something that you wait to the end of your life to have. It's a legend you live every day, minute by minute, task by task, to-do list by to-do list. So no matter how hard it gets, no matter how derailed you get, no matter how many critics and trolls and haters and bastards you have trying to knock you down, no matter what anyone says, no matter how, you know, no matter what injuries you get, no matter what roadblocks you have, you've got to be clear on what this legacy is the meaning, the purpose, the inspiration that you, you're born to do and you love to do and you're passionate about doing, you'll find a way of monetizing it later and you've got to live it day by day and not wait to the end of your life for then, you know, just the two or three people to be at your, for your funeral. And I'm still to this day inspired by my sister's husband. At the same time, you know, know how hard life can be for people. You know, she's got had a hard life because of that. And life can just go. 
and things can just be taken away from you. Don't live with any regrets. Go out there, make a massive difference, make your fair share of the money, grow, contribute, and share this podcast with other people that you think need to be inspired too, people you love that, you know, are living on idle because we were not born to live on idle, to chug along. We were born to live fast. We were born to make a difference. We were born for highs and lows. You know, we were born to serve humanity and have humanity grow. So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I know it's been a little bit different. wanted to try something different. If it's something or the kind of thing you want more of, because I've got loads of stories like this, send me a message or share it on Facebook. And if you want me to stick to 48 ways to make money through your business model, then let me know too. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.